Thank you. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Wake up, you Look around and you'll see. 
Hey, my friend, come listen. There was something I was missing. I thought happiness was just too hard to find. It just depended on how I was feeling. But now I've been revealing that it's possible to change my state of mind. To change my state of mind. Change my state of mind. I didn't know it was possible to change my state of mind. Smile and watch the whole world smile with you. Smile, discover all the gifts it gives to you. Even if you're feeling down, you can turn it all around. Find the joy and lose the frown. Yeah, smile. Surprised me how a small thing doesn't lie. But doing it on the outside somehow changed things on the inside. And it helped me realize all the good things I've got. All the good things I've got. All the good things I've got. It just helped me realize all the good things I've got. Smile and watch the whole world smile. Hashemu, Aeloki, 
J.M. in the A.M., a little bit of Hapochu done by Milah Cohen in honor of this month of Adar II. Uh, before that, Einod Milvado, that's Avi Peretz, Mordechai Shapiro with Smile, Derek Achim had Imesh Gachech, Matana Tova, that's Levi Cohen, Masach Hashem, our Monday morning theme song for Mayor Sherman, and of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Monday on this March 11th, the fourth day of Adar 2. Good morning, all. 43 degrees outside with 67% humidity. Winds are west at 7 miles an hour. Sunny today with a high of 53. Then tonight, mostly clear, low 33. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high Tuesday, 47 degrees. 
57 right now in your line. We're at 43 in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. We welcome your comments on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. You'll see on the home screen it says add a comment. And you can put in there whatever you wish. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to uh, tell us where you are, what you want to hear, why you're listening to our amazing broadcasts here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, it's a big Monday today. Steve Sidorow is going to join us. He's co-founder and co-president of the Diversified Alternate Alternative Asset Manager, Blue Mountain Capital Management. And he uh, was uh, named vice chair in 2017 of the board of directors of Birthright Israel Foundation. And we get to speak with him coming up. Uh, later on in this uh, broadcast when he visits us here at JM and the AM. He also has an amazing Mincha minion at his office. And then uh, third most important, <laughs> just don't tell him I told you that, that I said it this way, uh, he, has, he has an amazing company in Manhattan. I mean, what can I tell you? Here at JM and the AM, the, uh, you know, the priorities are birthright and Mincha and all the other stuff that comes afterwards. Anyway, kidding around, obviously, but... Um, he leads an amazing company in New York City, is very involved with Birthright, and we get a chance to speak to him about um, balancing, in fact, the uh, corporate world and the philanthropic world uh, when he visits us later today here at JM and the AM. want to thank everybody who came over to us yesterday at the uh, Nefesh Benefesh broadcast. We had an amazing time at the mega event. We really had an amazing time yesterday at the mega event. And um, so many people showed up with so many amazing and incredible desires of where they want to live, what they want to do, where they want to work in Israel. Just so many amazing stories. Great people at the Mega yesterday, some at the very beginning of their Aliyah journey, others toward the end coming to uh, Israel this summer. whole thing was amazing. So uh, thank you, Rabbi Fast. Thank you, Tony Gelbart. Thank you to everybody who made it such an amazing day yesterday, and we had such a great broadcast. It was wonderful. Um, hey, I want to take this opportunity to wish uh, Leslie and Rabbi Michael Tuchman a mazel tov. Their son, Chesky, became a chassan last night, a uh, nice young lady from Detroit, Michigan, and uh, we were there to uh, celebrate with them and to uh, Marion and Benny Tuchman. And the extended family, we want to say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. It was really a beautiful celebration. And, um, you know, when you know somebody from the time they're born, <laughs> it makes the Simcha even extra special. So Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. By the way, uh, last week, our On the Road uh, to Israel segment uh, that lasted the entire week, Baruch Hashem, uh, was brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms. Aaron's Casino Farms, which is an amazing all-kosher supermarket in Queens, New York, and I hope you'll have a chance before Purim to actually go there and see it. Aaron's Casino Farms this week opens up in the store a Hava Java franchise. Hava Java is coming to Aaron's Casino Farms, Queens, New York, this week, and I know a lot of people are looking forward to it, so it should be a very fun Interesting and delicious addition to Aaron's Casino Farms. Hava Java is coming 
and you'll have an opportunity to enjoy it when you shop in Queens. Thank you to Aaron's Casino Farms. Monday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM as uh, we um, as we continue on a Monday with the one and only Sandy Shmueli. Shut 
J.M. in the A.M., David Lowy from the album entitled Inspire uh, with Mikimi. Gershon Veroba's Lee B. You heard about Tomer Tzio, and that's Maishi Menlowitz off of Sheer Volume Number 2. World on Fire was the Moshav band, Simcha Liner, and Kanfeina Shurim, and we opened up that set with Sandy Shmueli here at J.M. in the A.M. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. 
Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up, and hopefully we'll make it through the entire newscast. That's our, uh, that's our hope. See what happens. want to thank those who made yesterday possible an amazing NBN Nefesh Benefesh mega event broadcast that started at 12 noon yesterday here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Met a lot of interesting people, wonderful guests, and uh, really had a great day with Nefesh Benefesh. If you had an opportunity to go and explore Aliyah, I am glad you did. If not, there's a website nbn.org.il nbn.org.il Galitzal in the background Galitzal Israel Army Radio 2 p.m. news 1 p.m. 1 p.m. we're on daylight savings time 1 p.m. newscast for a Monday follows next we say Boker Tov from JM and the AM Galitzal in Yerushalayim Ashachat Shalom Rav Kan Rani Ovnai Ima Shekore Achshav נשיא המדינה ריבלין מותח ביקורת מרומסת על ראש הממשלה נתניהו ומגבה את השחקנית רותם סלע. אין בישראל אזרחים סוג ב', כך לדברי ריבלין. בתקופה האחרונה במחשבה הפוליטית מסחררת כל היגיון שניכרנו. אנו נחשפים לשיח בלתי מתקבל על הדעת כלפי אזרחי ישראל הערבי. אין ולא יהיו אזרחים סוג ב'. מול הקלפי נהיה... שבים <laughs> והחידוד שלו היה שלא לצורך כיוון שאין שום קולות בתוך הליכוד או אני לא שמעתי שום קולות כאלה שמטילים ספק בשוויון הזכויות המגיע לאזרחי ישראל הערבים. בחירות 2019, חמישה מיליון ושמונה מאות אלף בעלי זכות הצבעה רשומים בישראל. עם הנתונים המלאים לקראת יום הבוחר, כתבתנו מוריה אסרף. כ-14 אחוזים מבעלי זכות הבחירה הם צעירים בגילאי 18 עד 24, רבע מבעלי זכות הבחירה הם בני 60 ומעלה. מאז בחירות 2015 גדל מספר המצביעים האפשריים בלמעלה מ-400 אלף בני אדם. 79 אחוזים מבעלי זכות הבחירה הם יהודים ו-16 אחוזים מתוכם ערבים. משרד הבריאות הרשיע את הגניקולוג ג'יימס ריכמן בהתנהגות שאינה הולמת בעקבות אונס מטופלת. עם הפרטים כתבתנו הדס שטייף. הפרקליטות סגרה תיק של אישה חרדית שטענה כי ג'יימס רייכמן, גניקולוג מירושלים, אנס אותה במרפאה. את זה הוא עשה לדבריה כשהגיע אליו לבדיקה לאחר כריתת רחם שעברה. תלונה הועברה גם למשרד הבריאות שבדקה וקבעה כי המעשים אכן נעשו. הבדיקה הגניקולוגית שביצעה אישה לאחר האונס ובעיות אחרות הוכיחו את דבריה. על כן נגזר על הרופא שלא לעסוק ברפואה למשך שמונה שנים. עורכת הדין רוני סדובניק טוענת כי רישיונו של הרופא צריך להישלל לצמיתות. נחמה ריבלין, רעיית נשיא המדינה, עברה השתלת ריאה בבית החולים ביילינסון בפתח תקווה. מצבה יציב והיא מורדמת ומונשמת. כתבתנו שיר עזרף מוסרת כי ריבלין נזקקה לניתוח בשל מחלת ריאה ממנה סבלה בשנים האחרונות. ההשתלה בוצעה לאחר תקופה ארוכה של המתנה. משבר הגירעון בתקציב המדינה, מנכ"לית בנק דיסקונט, לילך אשר טופילסקי, מעריכה שהממשלה הבאה תידרש להעלות מיסים ולקצץ בהוצאות כדי לעמוד ביעד. הנה דברים שאמרה לכתבנו ניתאי הנבי. בסופו של דבר אין יש מאין, בארגון כלכלי או במדינה. 
יש צד הכנסות, יש צד הוצאות, והם צריכים במדינה להתאזן, אצלנו אנחנו צריכים גם להרוויח. ואני חושבת שבסופו של דבר יצטרכו לטפל בשני הצדדים על מנת באמת לא ליצור גירעון גדול יותר. מזג האוויר מעונן חלקית ללא שינוי בטמפרטורות, ואלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
JM in the AM with Leif Tahar off of their volume number five here at JM in the AM. Eighth day had slowed down. Big shout out to our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms. In addition to uh, sponsoring our On the Road in Israel week, which was so amazing last week, and we've gotten some fantastic comments. And I thank everybody who's been coming over and calling and emailing, etc., about our week in Israel. Um, Aaron's Casino Farms has some amazing news. That is that uh, this week, Hava Java, Hava Java, a franchise of that delicious store, opens inside Aaron's Casino Farms. You can enjoy some great snacks, wonderful lunch, and the incredible coffee at Hava Java in uh, Queens at Aaron's Casino Farms. Look for it as you go shopping. It is uh, the latest edition that they have in their incredible superstore that you will enjoy. 
Go visit before Purim. You'll be glad you did. That's for sure. Um, tomorrow, a full review of the Yeshiva League and all the playoffs. The hockey winners, the basketball winners. It's all coming up in the Yeshiva League sports update this coming uh, Tuesday, tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Plus, the Saracek tournament begins on Thursday. We'll try to have some type of preview before they uh, hit the court on Thursday up at the Yeshiva University Max Stern Athletic Center. Saracek tournament is the national high school tournament. And uh, again, we'll try to have some type of preview right here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM on a Monday with uh, Mordechai Shapiro. It's called Lo Alecha. Avramel, Avram Fried with Alleluhu. You heard Kulam Sharim. It's Benny Friedman here at JM in the AM. Monday morning, 27 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us. Steve Sidero is going to join us. He's vice chair of Birthright Israel. And we have a chance to speak with him about uh, Israel and business and uh, his impressions of this amazing world in 2019, all coming up. Uh, right after the bottom of the hour here at JM and the AM. I remind you that the next edition of the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten is coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern time following JM and the AM. I guess I should say 9 a.m. Eastern daylight time. He'll discuss the polls in Israel indicating a growing protest vote supporting a very unlikely party. Could this be the surprise of these elections and upset the apple cart or... Has the uh, swell peaked too early? As of this month, Israel's adding data to every driver's license. What and why is being added? And the Trump administration makes another important move in Jerusalem. Plus, of course, the outstanding weekly Israeli music mix. The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten follows us live at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Right after JM and the AM, make sure to be tuned in. By the way, interesting article, and I don't always say that about New York Times presentations, but interesting article today about the relationship between Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Trump, a relationship that could be a key in next month's election in Israel. Actually, it's being regarded already as a key. Mazel tov going out to Janet and Lior Hode, Ilana and Ellie Katz, and all the honorees at yesterday's Young Israel of Teaneck dinner. That happened last night. We say mazel tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. And while I'm at it about significant things that happened on March the 10th, I will say happy birthday to Chava Siegel and to Yosef Siegel and to Yoshua Siegel. That's right, the Siegel triplets had a milestone birthday yesterday, so we say Mazal Tov. And Dr. Mark, our good friend Dr. Mark Singer, celebrated a birthday as well. So Mazal Tov to Dr. Mark from all of us here at JM and the AM. And we'll also toss in a happy anniversary to Ephraim and Arlene Arf, who celebrated their wedding anniversary yesterday. That's right, March 10th, a very significant day in these parts at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to thank our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms for sponsoring our On the Road in Israel week last week. Good to be back in studio here at JM and the AM on a Monday morning, but we had an amazing journey last week, and I thank all of you who've uh, commented about the Israel programming. If you missed anything, of course, there are archives available. Just go to the Nahum Siegel Network website at nahumsiegel.com and enjoy all of our interesting conversations. We revealed a whole bunch of stuff about some great institutions and organizations in the Holy Land. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn myriads of Malachim praise and sanctify Hashem's name in great joy and happiness. They run to do the will of Hashem. As soon as He commands it, they don't even delay a single moment. In Brachos we learn Michael Ba'achas, Gabriel Bishtayim, the angel Michael can leap across the world in a single bound. Gabriel Bishtayim, Gabriel takes two. Elio Anovi Ba'arba, Elio Anovi can leap across in four. The interesting idea is that this is some bit of esoteric information. It's really not something that we need to know. So the Chavetz Chaim asks, why are we told this? He points out 
that the Talmud is actually making a very profound point. Malachim, don't act in vain. The Talmud explains that when a Malach leaps through this world, he's on his way to perform a task. Each Malach performs his duties with all the strengths that he has. Although Elio Novi could certainly leap across the world in six or in eight bounds, he does so in four. The reason is, is because he's able to. If he were to take longer than necessary, he would be delaying his mission. Therefore, he does so in four bounds, not to delay even a single moment. Each person goes according to their own ability. The Bnei Soska says that an individual is obligated to be mishtado with all that they have, to go bizrizos with zeal and enthusiasm. We have a proof from Michoel. He did his shlichus, he did his mission in one bound, Gavriel with two. People sometimes go quickly and sometimes slower. Malochim do all that is within their power because that's their desire. We too have the power to be great, have the power to accomplish all that Hashem put us here for in this world. All an individual has to do is to believe in themselves and to utilize that great potential that lies within each and every one of us. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM Monday. I want to also uh, toss in a thank you to our friends at the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem. We went on the road last week, sponsored by Aaron's Casino Farms, and spent most of the week in Israel. The Inbal Hotel, as usual, was our home base in Jerusalem. And uh, Roni Timzit, their general manager, uh, and their incredible staff treated us royally, as they always do. So a big shout-out to the Inbal Hotels. Everybody gets ready for Purim and Pesach. No doubt you will consider staying at the Inbal and having a wonderful time in Jerusalem. Well, I've mentioned that uh, we've been anxious to speak live on the air with Mr. Stephen Sidero, who is co-founder and co-president of Blue Mountain Capital Management. For us, even more importantly, and we'll see if he agrees with that, he is vice chair of uh, the Birthright Foundation, which has uh, played a role, a significant role in modern Jewish history uh, in getting as many people as possible of uh, a Jewish descent to Israel. That number now, believe it or not, is over 500,000. We're talking about half a million that have taken advantage of the incredible offer from Birthright uh, to go and enjoy Israel as a young adult if they're uh, between the age of 18 and 26. And as I mentioned earlier, as we introduced Mr. Sidero, one of the uh, even more significant things is that he's one of those people in Manhattan that is uh, extremely anxious to have a proper and um, prominent Mincha Minion in his office every single day. Mr. Stephen Sidero, welcome to JM and the AM. Nachum, it's great to be here, and uh, that's right, I think you've got all, you've hit all the highlights. Uh, the, the, the Blue Mountain, the Birthright Israel Foundation, and yes, we do have a daily Mincha uh, in our office, in my office, uh, every day. But isn't it interesting that when you walk into this room, the priorities completely flip. Out there in the business world, they might think Blue Mountain is the most important thing you do, and for us, Mincha hits the top of the list. <laughs> that's very true. Isn't that amazing? It's very true well i'm uh it's uh it's wonderful to bring people together and uh, we dive in every day we also um bring in some speakers periodically and host some lunches we're having one actually on uh, uh on mon- next monday a week from today uh in the afternoon we'll be hosting uh 
uh, Rabbi Brad Hirschfeld from Klal, and we're also going to be uh, having lunch, davening, and uh, also raising a glass of some brown liquor, I think, even though it'll be uh, only Monday. Well, it's still a couple, L'chaim, right, yeah, a couple yeah. days before Purim, sure. why not, the month of Adar. Uh, but what's unusual, and I'm glad we're starting with this, frankly, because to me it's so significant, <laughs> um, What's interesting and unusual is that most mincha minyanim, I might even argue everyone except yours in Manhattan, takes place in a building, in a conference room, in someone's office. You, for some reason, even with your prominent stature at the company, insist, or at least it seems that way to me, that the minion actually take place in your office. Don't you find that unusual? Well, it could be. I, I have a I have a decent size office, but I thought it's it's important and I got some learning um about this from uh uh the rabbi one of the rabbis that I listened to periodically at uh Orzarua. Um and he said it was important that if you do something like this, you do it in a way that is open and obvious to, to people around you. You should do it like putting the menorah in the window. You want to be very open and obvious about it. So rather than putting it in a conference room in the back where no one would see, I thought it was important to have it in my own office, which has a big glass wall and is open and, and visible to everyone uh, outside of the firm. So I thought that was uh, an important piece of learning and something we try to put into practice. I found it to be out of the ordinary, but it's amazing. I think it's just incredible that you, you are you are giving your office and telling everybody that this is a priority. Yeah, it's a priority, and it's open to anybody who wants to come. Right. And uh, I should also, uh, I got to sh- do a shout out to Barry Rosenthal, who is uh, the whip hand, who sends out the email every day to make sure we have 10. But now we're usually at 10, <laughs> 15, 20 people come every day, so it's pretty easy. Unbelievable. Uh, sometimes, in fact, there could be standing room only there in that office. That That is true. <laughs> uh, but you would think, and again, I won't harp on this, but maybe it sounds like I am. You would think that there are some high-powered meetings, some you know important meetings and decisions being made in that office, and that when Mincha starts or the time for Mincha arrives, it would be advantageous for you and your, your um, colleagues to continue that meeting and to and to really, you know, get the deal done. Let's put it that way. Well, there's always, you know, there's a place for there's a place for business. Is the time to stop and uh, and do some praying and some reflecting and some meditation. And that's I think what people use it for. And it's important to take that pause out during the day. Uh, but I will also say uh, that the group that we bring together, uh, there there is some business that gets done maybe before and afterwards, which is also uh, not inconsistent with the practice. If you think about the fact that. Uh, in the Alexandria Synagogue in in, in Egypt, um, in the first and second century, they divided people up by profession, right. and they sat by profession to uh, to bring people together to maybe do some business in addition well, to doing networking. It's all good. So we do some networking too, as well as some praying. But we do the the pause is important. For but sure. you, but you do know. I mean, look, I've seen enough you know movies about the business world. You do know that it could be frustrating for the people you're meeting with when they're told, you know, we need a 15 minute break. When they're told, you know, this is even though even though you're about to sign on the dotted line, we're going to take a break for 15 well, minutes. Well, you got to have your priorities, and it's a we, we make sure it's a priority every day, and that's uh, something we commit to. And it's so. never affected a deal or the business world. Not either. never affected a deal in a negative way. I think it's only been a positive. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, in addition to um, in addition to your uh, to your leadership in the business world. Uh, at some point, you became familiar with an organization called Birthright, one that I think everybody in this audience has either heard of or, or and some of them have taken advantage of, frankly, to get to Israel 
uh, as a youngster between the age of 18 and 26. Do you remember when you first heard about this organization? Yeah, I first heard about Birthright on a trip with an organization called Natan. Mm. And Natan uh, is, still exists. I was part of it uh, more active uh, earlier. But uh, it's it, Natan was, uh, is an organization that brings together a number of uh, philanthropists. They give each a certain amount of money, and then the group decides how to how to give the money out to different organizations. It's And it's committed to organizations in Israel for economic development and change and for Jewish peoplehood and continuity. And at that time, this is, must have been um, over 10 years ago. I'm thinking back. My kids are eight. Mm-hmm. I was married for 10 years, and this was before I got married, so it must have been 12 years ago. Uh, my, my now wife and I went on this Natan trip, and and, it, and Natan was giving money to Birthright because Birthright was in its infancy. This, Birthright was only six, five or six years old. Right. It was much smaller. It was just getting started. And it was a recipient of a Natan grant. And we went to visit with, with a um, Birthright group, um, first in Sfat, and then we went to a big event that they had for all the participants in Jerusalem. And we were incredibly impressed uh, by the quality of the programming, the quality uh, of the of the of the young people that were there, and the impact that we saw it having on their Jewish identity, their consciousness, their connection uh, to the land and the people of Israel. That's something that's noticeable on the spot during their first trip. You could see already the impact. You could see it happening. You see it happening live, and it's part. You know, I think it's because of the quality and the thought that goes into the trip itself. It's not. We like to say it's not a sightseeing trip but it's an insight-seeing trip. And the entire experience is highly educational and curated, uh, primarily by Zohar Raviv, who is the head of the educational division. Right. Um, and he does all the training for the guides and helps the different organizations that provide the trip to curate the educational experience. And it's because of that, I think that, that you know, um, we, like, we also like to say um, – that, in a, that a lot can happen in 10 days. Right. The trip is 10 days, but the impact lasts a lifetime. Steve Sidero is here as we talk about his role, Vice Chair, Birthright Israel. There's a leap, and maybe that's the wrong word, I guess we could call it a process, from that initial uh, you know, view, that initial uh, tour of a birthright trip in Israel, and then eventually becoming Vice Chair of the organization. Right. T- take us slowly through this. How does somebody develop uh, an interest and and really a commitment that gets them to be that involved with the organization down the road. Well, I think like the trip, you know, it starts with the spark. That's that the the, the I think my journey is similar to many uh, who actually go on the birthright uh, experience now. Although when I was uh, eighteen to twenty six, there was no birthright right. Israel. I had to figure it out on my own. Um, but that spark was lit on that trip, and then when we got back, I wanted to learn more about the organization, and it turned out actually, that a good friend of mine, Lori Blitzer, you might want to have her on the air one day, she's fantastic, does a tremendous amount for the Jewish community. She worked at McKinsey and Company, where I also used to work, for the original group of philanthropists that came together to create Birthright. Mm. So she worked on the project to help design the program and think about what it could be. I learned from Lori more about the organization and got got involved in the local New York City Council to help raise money and awareness for Birthright Israel Foundation. And the foundation, of course, exists to raise money for the trip that takes place in Israel. So just to give you a couple of facts, we have about 35,000 donors across the United States that provide support. Um, We raise about $100 million a year. 
um, from a variety of sources. There are a few very large supporters, like the Adelson Family right. Foundation, which is one of our largest, but there are 35,000 supporters across the United States, and I got involved first in New York City with the New York City Council, and then uh, over time learned more, uh, went to Israel on several other occasions, and then eventually was asked to join the board uh, a number of years ago, and then a couple of years ago was asked to become the vice chair of the board along with Phil Rosen, who's my co-vice chair, and Tom Stern, who is the chair of the board currently. Wow, unbelievable. And the two names that we had always heard through the last 20 years associated with Birthright, one Adelson, as you yes. just said, and one Michael Steinhardt, who was yep. very involved. Michael for- Steinhardt was one of the original uh, group of philanthropists that got it started, along with Charles Bronfman uh, and Lynn Schusterman. So Schusterman, mm. Steinhardt, and Bronfman were the three original, and of course they're still very supportive. And uh, of course the Adelsons are, are one of our largest uh, supporters uh, and have been uh, tremendously uh, uh, and supportive of the of the organization and its mission uh, to really light this spark uh, amongst uh, young Jewish uh, uh, people in uh, in the United States and from all over the world to really connect to what I call Jewish civilization, um, whether it's religion, culture, uh, the the sovereignty that exists in the state of Israel, um, and begin a lifelong journey uh, for themselves uh, of how they want to be part of. Uh, the Jewish community and the Jewish world. Steve Sidero is here, vice chair of Birthright. Um, it's interesting you mentioned how that core group, you said at McKenzie, right? Mm-hmm. That core group, uh, immediately it sounds like, based on what you what you told us, uh, set this up as a quote-unquote corporate entity. And I don't mean that in a negative way yep. as well. What I'm saying is that if, if you're going to, and I wonder if this is a, a philosophy that, that, that should be noted. If you're going to take a not-for-profit and a large project seriously, it has to be done with the same attitude and really with the same formula that you would a corporate entity. Would that be a, a way of putting yeah, it? Yeah, well, I think they they took some very important lessons from the business world and applied them to the development of Birthright, um, one of which, which still exists today, is really one of the core, core principles of how it's set up. It is a franchise model, and that is mm-hmm. to say the organization, Taglit, sets up certain minimum standards um, and really, as I said, sets the educational agenda um, ensures the quality of the speakers, the quality of the, edu- the tour educators, etc. But then the actual execution of the trip, that is organizing the flights, picking folk, you know, there's a lot of right. the logistics. Nuts and, bolts, know, huh? nuts and bolts. You got to get the, the people from the airport to the hotel and from the hotel to the site, and then you got to feed them and you got to make sure everything is working. That is out, that is, uh, those, those are provided by, I think at this point, there are 10 different, some for profit, some not for profit, tour operators. And Birthright Israel, or Taglit in, in Israel, run by Giddy Mark, is responsible for making sure that those guys are actually in competition for one another, which with, for, uh, with one another to attract uh, participants and to deliver high quality. And if they do not, if they're, not, if they're unsuccessful at attracting students or attra- attracting participants, or they fail to uphold the minimum standards of the franchise, uh, they're no longer able to offer the trip. Wow! And so it creates I didn't a kind realize of, uh, there were very, guidelines like that. There are guidelines and there are standards, and it's not unlike other franchises. Right. I mean, I mean, one of the, you, you guys, you of course know the the various restaurant franchises sure. that exist, and there's centralized uh, control and standards. And if you don't meet those standards, uh, you're out, and some are more profitable than others. So that's how the model is set up, and I think um, it creates a kind of uh, healthy level of competition and and helps us ensure quality. 
And importantly, I should mention is that, of course, the trip has not been static. It's now been 18 years. We just celebrated our 18th anniversary. So it's only 18 years. And as you mentioned, um, we've actually sent over 600,000. It's 600 already? It's 600,000. And if you include the Mifkashim, the Israeli participants, it's more like 650,000. And it's an important number, of course, because as you may recall, 600,000, there were 600,000... uh, Israelites that left Egypt and crossed the Sinai and That's came to Israel. That's a nation. <laughs> and there were about 600,000 Jews in Israel at the founding of the state in 1948. So we think we connect with uh, the original exodus to the founding of the state of Israel, and we've now um, exceeded that number. We've got about, about 650,000 participants, and we want to continue to grow that number. Uh, we're sending about 50,000 young people every year uh, from all over the world, mostly uh, the U.S. and Canada, but also from Argentina, Brazil, France, uh, the former Soviet Union, um, all over the world. And I should, of course, there's another 20,000 or so that are, or 15,000 per year, that are Israelis that participate on the trip because we also build connections directly between young Israelis in the same age cohort, 18 right. to 26-year-old Israelis, most of whom are in, are in active military service, that participate on the trips and build those real human bonds between diaspora, young people, and Israelis of the same age cohort. So now I understand better, uh, because of the franchise model you mentioned, why certain groups uh, create and encourage specialty programs. Uh, sure. A cooking trip, a sports trip, and, and there are about 100 others we can name. Yes. This is all in the interest of just trying to attract as many people as possible. Exactly. So it is a model that, as a, because of that, there is constant innovation. Right. Uh, you can't, the, the trip that, the trips that run today are not the same trips that ran 15 years ago. And they have to change because as you know, young people, their demands, their interests, culture evolves and changes. And so there are, there's a constant uh, uh, work to innovate and to make relevant the content that takes place on these trips. And yes, there are a number of niche trips, we call them, uh, that might focus on things like cooking, culture, outdoors activities, right. uh, social justice, or others kind of, um, uh, social programming. High is, tech is probably high a tech big is one. a very popular one, one of the most popular. Where you get introduced to uh, uh, high tech companies in Israel, and we also, of course, run um, another specialty kind of trip. Happens to be for people with special needs, and those special needs can be both cognitive and physical, or a combination thereof. Um, because our view is, you know, everyone, every Jew uh, at that age, eighteen to twenty-six should be offered the possibility of a gift of this trip to Israel, regardless of their physical or mental conditions. And those trips are incredibly moving when you see um, some people who have difficulty uh, either walking, talking, etc., being uh, brought to Israel and having this type of experience. Uh, it'll bring tears to your eyes. So uh, that's an, another, another type of trip that we run. Um, and, of course, I always got to bring it back to the fact that this all, all costs money. Uh, we don't have an endowment. We have to raise roughly $150 million every year just to do the very, very quick math. It's 50,000 people. It's 3,000 per person. That's $150 million. Um, the foundation in the U.S. raises about 100 of it. The other 50 comes from uh, the Israeli government. This Again, these are very... I'm. I'm I apologize to anyone who I'm, these numbers are, are round numbers. I'm not getting, there's of course some money that comes from Israelis directly. There's some money that's raised internationally as well. But broadly speaking, um, it's 100 from the U.S. Foundation and 50 from uh, the Israeli government to cover that cost. But each year we started roughly at zero, although I will say we are working on and have begun to get many more multi-year gifts so we don't start the year at zero. We have some sense that we have 
some cash available to fund these trips. But it is, it is, it's expensive. It requires uh, the community uh, to support us, um, and we're out there. Um, the leadership of the board, um, as well as as well as others, are out there constantly looking for for more support uh, from the community uh, at large. Steve Sidero is here, vice chair of Birthright, and that, by the way, uh, or now I should say, not that, but now is a good time to remind everybody that in reality, it's not just a cliche. In reality, every participant is paying zero. And I know that that's hard to believe after what you described, all the nuts and bolts and details have to be taken care of and the programming that takes place and the, the um, supervisors that are you know, there to take care of everything. They, they, you literally pay zero. I mean, it's not like one of these deals where you tell a, you know, a kid between 18 and 26, give us 100 bucks and you're going to get one of these trips. It's absolutely nothing. It's, it's a gift, um, yeah. as we like to say. And, uh, but the impact is really there. Uh, if you look at some of the statistics, and we, and we do a lot of it, it's the other principle, I think, that we brought from the business world, we're constantly evaluating ourselves, seeing whether the program is having the impact it's designed to have to, to build that connectivity, to, to create that commitment and that sense of community. Um, and if I you know, can say, uh, uh, you know, am echad, goral echad. And I think that is, you know, encapsulates what the mission is. And if you look at the statistics, and we do do this kind of testing regularly in partnership with universities, et cetera, uh, 80% of uh, participants say they've had a life-changing experience. Mm. 30% go back to Israel. Many of them actually bring their parents back to Israel. They're much more likely to build a Jewish home. Uh, and if you, the, uh, from what, one of the things that I do, the, the, the quick and easy test aside from all these statistics is, Next time you, you're, you're with a group of people who are in that age cohort or even a little bit older, ask them how many participated in Birthright, and you'll see hands go up all over the place. Or next time you're in any kind of Jewish organization, whether it's a federation organization, Moisha House, uh, uh, any local uh, Jewish day school, etc., and you see uh, staff members uh, in their 20s, 30s, or even early 40s, ask them how many participated in Birthright, and you will see that the leadership of the Jewish community today in the United States are birthright alumni. It's amazing. Um, not that this is birthright's uh, problem, because frankly, after what you just described, they really do enough. <laughs> but, but I know that even you're concerned about this because we spoke about this privately, and that is follow-up after birthright. Mm -hmm. uh, you, as somebody, again, who's helping to facilitate all these journeys to Israel, and and again, as a as a casual observer, one would say, I mean, if you're if you're helping fund and arrange that, yep. you've you've really done what you need to do. Nonetheless, even someone like yourself is concerned about what happens to that young man or young woman when they come back to the U.S. and that birthright trip is in the rearview mirror. That's correct. So, what? Who are some of the organizations, if there are, and people that in fact are taking that subject very seriously? Yeah. Well, there 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 are, as you know. Um, a real, uh, there's a huge marketplace of Jewish uh, organizations in the United States and around the world that are there to sort of take up these participants after they get back and they've got that glow and that commitment and they want to get more involved. And we've actually, um, uh, we do and are partnering uh, with a number of these organizations through uh, a, something we're rolling out right now and it's sort of uh, beta testing phase and it's a new app. It's a new app that you put on your phone for all birthright participants. And they have to get the app prior to going on the trip. They meet their other participants right. from their trip on the app. They actually have their packing list, which is very important on the app, and their travel information. And they use that pre-trip, during the trip. And then when they get back, that app also has connectivity to, at this point, I think 70 or 80 different 
organizations, both national and local, and that list is growing, um, that connect them with their local federations, with local Moisha House, uh, with local schools, with local uh, social organizations that are involved in the Jewish community. And then our view is we're going to let, going back to your earlier point about uh, business, right. we'll, let, we'll let those participants self-select and let the marketplace work. And where they want to connect, they will be able to connect. But this app then gives them all the kind of information about what is available in their community to then follow up with whatever um, dimension of Jewish civilization, of Jewishness, that they want to continue. And, and um, our view is, uh, and, and, uh, is uh, and this is a... You know, my, my own way of saying it, you know, there's lots of different ways to Jew, and we don't really care how they Jew as long as they're Jewing more than they used to Jew. So um, uh, we let them select the ways in which they want to participate in the community. Um, and we're working now uh, to build the number of partners that are available on the app so that folks can self-select and have the information at hand to make those decisions for themselves. All right. And um, as the... <laughs> I mean, this is no secret now in 2019 because of the sophisticated uh, statistics and data that's available. You'll be able to obviously track yeah, what every one of those participants is doing Jewishly, whether they're completely ignoring all your partners on the app or if they're diving in and taking advantage of the partners That's exactly on the app. right. We'll be able to track it just like um, other organizations, and I'm sure that data will be important for the organizations themselves with whom we're partnering to see uh, what if what they're offering is compelling or not and what they have to change and evolve and adapt uh, to continue to build their audience. Is it tough to keep up the enthusiasm for this project? And I don't mean the app. I'm talking about Birthright in general. Is it hard, or as long as you keep meeting people like yourself who are willing to you know, make a commitment of hours per week, then, then the enthusiasm is there? I think the enthusiasm is there, and it continues to grow. All you have to do is meet some of the alumni right. um, and hear their stories um, and how the program and that 10-day experience changes their lives uh, and, and impacts them in a positive way and connects them to their Jewish heritage and their Jewish birthright and allows them uh, to, re- to lead uh, a richer, more fulfilling, and better life. And that's really the, the point of Birthright, is to provide that enriched educational experience that empowers people to live a, a more fulfilled uh, life through, through, Jew- through, through Jewishness. It's also interesting, as you noted earlier, that uh, a percentage, would love to know what the percentage is, but whatever it is, it's significant, of the participants actually end up living in Israel. Sure, there is some. Num- there are some number of people that um, will make Aliyah, but um, as we always point out, the purpose of the trip is not to uh, 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 support or to encourage Aliyah. Although, of course, once you go to Israel, right. it's nothing wrong it's, with it. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great country. It's beautiful. It's got wonderful people, excellent food, great climate, beaches, etc. And some people want to stay. And whether they stay for a long time or a short time, uh, what, what often they do do, though, is they do extend their trip. So after the birthright trip is over, mm. many do extend. And we offer some official extension programs that actually can be offered or can uh, can earn college credit, like some language classes uh, with Ulpan Or and others, um, as well as other kinds of official extensions. But also people, many of the participants also just elect to stay a little bit longer to, to extend their experience. And as you say, um, some uh, do make Aliyah, 
Um, but uh, again, that's not the uh, that's not the point of the trip. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web and AlchemSingle.com on the AlchemSingle network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. We're speaking with Steve Sidero, who is here. He is the vice chair of uh, Birthright. We mentioned earlier, and if you missed any of it, you got to hear the archive. We mentioned that he's got a uh, Mincha Minion in Midtown Manhattan in his office, and I don't mean in his conference room or somewhere on that floor. I mean in his actual office, which I found fascinating, and he is the co-founder and co-president of Blue Mountain Capital Management. And, uh, you know, some might hear about your business resume and say to themselves, you know, you're so involved in high financial stuff on a daily basis. I, I guess that's a layman's way of putting it, right? Okay, you, you can put it any way you want. Yes. And, you know, important business decisions, et cetera. Uh, how is it that you feel it's so important to dedicate the time that you do to a, a cause like Birthright? And, parenthetically, I had a call last week from a very prominent businessman in this city who uh, was listening to one of my interviews about a cause that we were we were promoting, and he said, you know, thank God you do these interviews because I feel like I should just take a year off from work mm. and just dedicate myself to... <laughs> very tempting. To, to, something, to something real, you know, doing something for people and, and walking into these schools and, and, you know, extending myself with my services, whatever I could do for them. And, you know, there are... And, 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 and having you here today, I think, gives us an opportunity to, in fact wake up some of the people out there who are dominated by the business world and who really can't take that 15-minute break from Mincha before the uh, signature is on the dotted right. line and you know, and don't understand why it's so important to dedicate some time to these things. What would you say? Well, I would say that the reason I do it is very simple. It's because I love it, right? I love uh, being Jewish. I love the state of Israel. I love uh, participating in the community. I love davening uh, in the afternoon. That's why I do it. I, this is, uh, it's America. No one, these are all choices we have to make. And so uh, the reason I do it is because I love it. Um, and it's easy to, to make, to, to, to dedicate the time because um, what I'm really doing is I'm, I'm sharing the things that I love with other people. So it's pretty easy if you start from that place, which is I love Israel, I love Jewishness, I love our, our heritage, our civilization, and I just want other people, and I'm excited about it, and I want to share it with them. Um, it, it's pretty easy uh, to find the time. So, so if someone gave you the choice, for real, about how to spend your day, it would be more birthright than Blue Mountain. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that exactly because I also love what I do um, in, the business in, world. in the business world. I love both things, right. and it's great to be able to combine them in ways and find ways that they can they can actually help each other. So it is the case that I can, as a business person, someone running a business and having to manage people and make decisions, that I can use the the, the enjoyment and the love and the and, and the energy that I can uh, uh, devote to that to also at the same time that can help uh, in other in other ways, right? Because with that, it'll like, if if without without Blue Mountain, I wouldn't have the the office to have the mincha, right? Right, and and to have the folks come and and some of the connectivity uh, that I have from uh, my work uh, in the business world helps me to connect with other people to be supportive of things like birthright. So I think the two go hand in hand. Um, and I know I'm not sure that doing you, you don't have to choose between one right. or the other. You do both, uh, and they help. They both help build each other um, and make the other one better. But my point being that there are people listening right now who are very involved in the business community who really have not learned to appreciate 
extending themselves in the not-for-profit world. And you're here with many messages today, but one of them I think would be try it out because you have no idea how fulfilling it would yeah, be. Yeah, I agree. And there's there are uh, you know my wife and I, um, Saskia, uh, have decided on you know for us there are. Uh, three big things that we get involved with. One is very much in the Jewish world. It's Birthright and other Jewish organizations. The other is we're very committed uh, to palliative medicine through the Hertzberg Palliative Medicine uh, uh, Center at Sinai Hospital. And the final one uh, that we're very involved with is arts in New York City, particularly performing arts. Uh, So I'm going to give a a shout-out to Ars Nova, the other board that I sit on. Um, and it's a wonderful organization that supports emerging uh, performing artists in New York City. And you, know the main, you know who the main tenant in this building is? Uh, it's up, uh, Paul the, Taylor. Paul Taylor Dance Studio. <laughs> so yeah, not, not dissimilar. So we've got a wonderful theater and we've got uh, a, new, uh, a new space down in, uh, uh, in, at Greenwich House on Barrow Street. So uh, those are the three big things. We've made that decision. And Jewishness and, and, and the Jewish world is one of the big ones, um, but there are others. And uh, so to your point, I think it's uh, incredibly fulfilling to both be able to be uh, active in the for-profit business world at the same time, find your passion and your interests in the not-for-profit world and where you uh, individually want to make a difference um, in, in, in the world. So that's what it is for us. And as I said, you know, Birthright's uh, uh, top of the list. Finally, could someone like myself who couldn't get through Echo 101 understand what Blue Mountain does? Sure. We, it's, it's, it's quite simple. We, we live in a capitalist, capitalist world, a capitalist country, capitalist system, and capital must be allocated, and, and someone's got to do it. So that's part of what we do. Well, we, we, we manage money on behalf of uh, large institutions, mostly pension funds, insurance companies, and we try to find ways uh, to invest it thoughtfully and sensibly to generate adequate returns for their, 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 uh, their constituents, which mostly are, are, are retired uh, uh, teachers and, and state employees and, and people who have insurance policies. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, um, it's pretty straightforward, but um, it requires a lot of effort and energy, and we've got a great team that does it. Yeah, you have a wonderful staff. Huh? Yeah, great, great bunch of people. Uh, well, I knew I'd enjoy your visit here. I didn't realize I'd enjoy it this much, but I really appreciate you being here. Uh, Steve Sidero from Blue Mountain Capital Management is vice chair of Birthright Israel. And um, I hope everybody out there has had an opportunity, especially if you're in the business world, to hear this interview in its entirety. If you missed any of it, obviously, it's available later on today in the archive section at NahumSiegel.com. Thanks, Nahum. It's great a- being here. A happy Purim to you. Yes, Chag Sameach. And we should note that next week, those who do attend your Mincha service will have some Purim bonuses. We'll have Purim bonuses. <laughs> we've got lunch, we've got Hamantashen, and we've got uh, all kinds of brown liquor for L'Chaim on Monday the 18th. Uh, you can get in touch with us. We've still got a little bit of room left. Thank you very much for being here today. Thanks, Nachum. More coming up. You're listening to a very interesting Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. Israel. 
It will only happen when we all get along Everyone waiting for wishing praying for Mashiach Let's love one another Everyone in song And break out in song 
J.M. in the A.M. Monday morning with uh, Milach Cohn and Via Hafta. Shoshana Yaakov done by Shlomo Katz. You're Avramo with Hineni and Sur Yisrael from Yehuda in there. J.M. in the A.M. Monday, 43 degrees, sunshine, a high temperature of 53. Hope you're doing fine and dandy on this Monday morning. I want to thank Aaron's Casino Farms, sponsoring our NSN on the road in Israel week last week. Don't forget, Aaron's Casino Farms opens up a, a Hava Java in their store this week. Enjoy all the great coffee and breakfast and lunch. Hava Java comes to uh, Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens this week. Check it out and enjoy. Want to wish a Mazel Tov to a Chesky Tuchman. And, of course, to Leslie and Rabbi Michael Tuchman. And, of course, to Marion and Benny Tuchman and the extended family. As of last night, uh, Chesky is a chassan. Mazal tov to him and his kala and the extended family from all of us here at JM in the AM. That was wonderful, participating in the impromptu celebration last night after the big engagement. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Shiva League sports update tomorrow. We'll go through everything, I'm sure, having to do with the uh, hockey and basketball championships. Um... Thursday, Sarachek tournament begins. We'll try to do a uh, a somewhat comprehensive preview of the Sarachek tournament. That starts on Thursday. Mayor Weingarten is coming up right after JM in the AM with the Israel Show. He'll talk about the uh, protest vote that's growing in the Israeli political scene, supporting an unlikely party. As of this month, Israel's adding data to every driver's license. What and why is it being added? The Trump administration makes another important move in Jerusalem and another great weekly Israeli music mix. It's all coming up courtesy of our friend Mayor Weingarten. Between 9 and 10 this morning at 10 o'clock, Yoni Pollock is back with After Further Review. And I believe Seth Gordon is going to be joining him about the world of sports. And at 11 a.m., Jake Novak with Novak Now. Your chance to get Jake's take on... uh, on um, what's happening in this amazing world of ours. JM in the AM. More coming up. Keep it here at the Nahum Single Network.
Avinu Malkeinu, Shema Koileinu, Shema Koileinu. Chuvus Virachem, Virachem Aleinu, Virachem Aleinu. Avinu Malkeinu, Shema Koileinu, Shema Koileinu. Virachem Aleinu, Virachem Aleinu. Avinu Malkeinu, Chaneinu Vaneinu, Kiyem Banu Maasim. Aseim Anu, Tidaka Bachesev,
in the AM. Music of Life done by Shlemy Gertner, Shalshalas Haravinu. You heard Inshallah done by Yaakov Shweki and Milech Cohen in there with the Ahafta. Sunshine today with a high of 53. It's Monday at JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in. 
If you do not receive the uh, weekly newsletter from the Nahum Siegel Network, if you do not receive the weekly newsletter on Mondays from the Nahum Siegel Network, make sure to email Avrami, af at nahumsegel.com. AF at NahumSiegel.com. He will uh, subscribe you to the uh, newsletter, and this way you'll know what you may have missed and want to check out or what's coming up and what you may want to check out. So we thank Avrami for taking care of that. AF at NahumSiegel.com. NSN on the road last week in Israel brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms, where the brand-new Hava Java is about to open up this week. Yeah, they've got a concession stand there right next to the sushi uh, department. That is now going to house Hava Java over at uh, Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens. Get there. Get there before Purim. Enjoy the shopping experience. It's amazing. I was there on Friday. It's amazing. Um, also want to thank the Inbal Hotel. They were a key to our stay in Jerusalem, as usual. So thank you, Inbal and Ronnie Timzit, its general manager the hotel's general manager. They did well by us, to say the least, and we thank them. Mayor Weingarten is with us live via telephone. Guess what? The Israel Show is coming up 19 minutes from now right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Mayor Weingarten, shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Boker tov. Thank you very much. Mishinichnas adar marbim besimcha. Wouldn't you agree? Adar bet. And, and it's adar bet, after all. Double simcha. And what simcha could possibly be? It could possibly be more joyous than the simcha of observing an Israeli election. <laughs> I had a feeling that's where you were going. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and think about this: Chodesh Nisan is the Chodesh Geulah. That's right. And the elections are in Nisan. I don't know what that means, but somebody can figure it out. I'm sure. Maybe there's a gematria out there. Oh, there's got to be plenty of gematrias coming up in the next few weeks. <laughs> um, well, New York Times article today about the Trump-Netanyahu relationship, which could be coming to a political end depending on what happens in Israel. Oh, obviously. I did not see that yet. Well, I mean, nothing you don't know in that article, that I could tell you, but uh, it was interesting to uh, to see their observation that this whole thing, this whole alliance could be uh, crumbling in another couple of weeks. Well, another it, three, four weeks. If, if uh, the prime minister doesn't get elected. Yeah. Or if, yeah. Now, I uh, hate to go against conventional wisdom in Israel, but is it possible that the prime minister won't be reelected? I don't think there's any conventional wisdom in Israel about anything <laughs> at this point. No, seriously. I know. Just everyone keeps assuming that he's going to pull this out somehow. That's what I, I mean. I, I think people think that only because of previous uh, elections. Right. But I, you know, I don't think the taxi drivers have all the wisdom in Israel, you know, that people keep quoting. I was shocked. I was one of the people who quoted a taxi driver because I was shocked that I met a taxi driver that had voted most recently for Tippi Livni. I was like, what? Yeah, that's... Uh, shocked. Well, and, I mean, I think we're stereotyping taxi drivers a little too Yeah, that's true. There's all kinds of taxi drivers, but the, the truth is, it, it, it is so crazy. It, it is so insane what's going on there. And one of the biggest breakthroughs now is that one of the parties that was deemed to not make the threshold of uh, the minimum needed to get into the Knesset might do so. Oh, and this is a party that you originally predicted would not make that threshold. 
Yeah, like many of the others who won't make the threshold, meaning I, I called out all the parties who were risking the future of Israel based on their own um, personal uh, feelings of grand, grandeur. If, if it, it, well, we should say we're talking about the Otsma party, um, led by Moshe Feiglin, um, who is getting uh, a... a, a a breath of fresh air from Tel Aviv, believe it or not, because he is for legalization of marijuana. Oh, he doesn't go officially under Zehut? He goes under yeah. He goes under Otsma? No, I'm sorry, Zehut. Oh, You're Zehut. Right. Okay. I, I apologize, Zehut. Um, and uh, I'm under jet lag because they changed the clock <laughs> the other night. Six-hour um, difference between now and Israel. Yes, I love that. Um, so... You know, he's getting support from people who I, I wonder if they've read his platform because, and his platform is out in book form and, and it's doing very well, but it's, it's a libertarian platform. That, that's, I think, what's appealing to a lot of people, very libertarian. And by the way, it also includes separation of church and state. Right. The state should not get involved in anything uh, to do with, uh, with religion, which scares a lot of people. I think, in the uh, religious Zionist world, but uh, uh, I think that people that are in the secular world that would be thrilled with it. Right. Um, uh, do whatever you want. It's going to be very interesting, to say the least. Oh, by the way, did you hear my observation from being in Jerusalem last week? I don't know if you heard this. Uh, I, I observed that Menachem Begin is running with Kachlon, and Rebavadia is running with Shas. I That's mean, it's, right. <laughs> and by the way, I'll add another one. Yeah. And Mayor Kahana is running with Otsma. Right, that's right. It's Otsma Yehudit, you know. Right. It's like everything that Mayor Kahana ever said, they're bringing up as something that uh, Otsma Yehudit said. Yeah, but I, I said it in the first two cases because... Well, because they, of the post Right, they actually have billboards with their images on it, which right, I thought Right, right, so I'm adding that the, right. the public, uh, the, the way the anti-Otsma people are trying to make it out is that... Um, He's the one running, right. not not his, not not the uh, the current members of Osama Yehudit. Yeah, so it's always interesting, and it'll be very interesting. Israel's adding data to every driver's license. You'll discuss that during the Israel show yes, coming up. Yes, yes. I don't know if you know what it is, but when you hear it, you will find it interesting. I'm sure. Trump administration makes another important move in Jerusalem. I assume you're referring yes. to the consulate embassy discussion. Yes. yes. And a weekly Israeli music mix, not to be missed, all happening starting at and, 9. Oh, yeah. And in the mix is going to be the new song that was just released last night of Israel's um, submission to the Eurovision. Nice. I don't know if it's so nice, but yeah, we'll include it. Well, nice that you'll have it on. That's what I, I know, I know. Thank you. It's in English. Hmm, that's weird. I hate it. It's been going on now for a while. Last year's was also in English. Right, good point. Yeah. All, All right. right. What will Israel offer for Eurovision uh, nine, uh, 19, 2019? That's the in, question. In Tel Aviv. And the answer is coming up on The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten. Uh, don't forget to like The Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Todarabah, Meir. Bokertov. Tov. There you go, everyone. The Israel Show is coming up. Then it's Yoni Pollock and uh, Seth Gordon with After Further Review. And it's uh, Jake Novak with Novak Now, a full Monday right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Stay tuned, everybody.
diamond ring you are wearing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's 40 carats. <laughs> it's the famous Plotnik and diamond. The Plotnik diamond? Forgive my ignorance, but I'm not familiar with it. Well, uh, between the Star of India and the Hope diamond is the Plotnik diamond. I never knew... 
You know, I would give anything to own a diamond like that. Oh, believe me, you wouldn't want it. Along with this diamond comes a case. The Plotnik case. The Plotnik curse. Isn't that romantic? Not so romantic. If you know what kind of a case goes along with it, it's terrible. What is the curse that goes along with it? Mr. Plotnik. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> One of our odd dark comedy segments here at J.M. the A.M. Seven minutes before nine o'clock, so we get set for the Israel show at the top of the hour here on NSN. I thank you all for tuning in, of course. Uh, Yaakov Shweki is next at JM in the AM.
JM and the AM, Yaakov Shweki wrapping it up for us here at JM and the AM. Don't forget that uh, all through the day we have amazing programming here at the Nahum Single Network, including the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten coming up next. That'll be live. Then, of course, Yoni Pollock and Seth Gordon live with After Further Review. And I'm told that Seth has a lot to be angry about this week, so I suggest you tune in. Uh, <laughs> then then uh, uh, coming up at 11 o'clock, it's Novak now with Jake Novak. Make sure to be tuned in. By the way, um, congratulations to all the Yeshiva League sports champions. We'll do that tomorrow morning at about 7.15. We'll go through everything with uh, Elliot Weiselberg. And the Saracek begins on uh, Thursday, the big basketball tournament. We'll try to do some preview uh, before things start on Thursday morning up at the Max Stern Athletic Center at Yeshiva University. We'll figure out how we can do that. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and, one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible Monday here at JM&AM. My thanks to Steve Sidero, who stopped by earlier. Got some great perspective about Birthright Israel and so many other things. And my thanks to all of you. Mayor Weingarten is next with the Israel Show live here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.